Hello, hello, hello. Hopefully some of you were able to get our email last week. We had a oh, we had a big big transaction we were working on for quite a while actually. It took almost a year for that bad boy to close. Um and uh, that's just how when you're working with big institutional type buyers, that's how long really it takes with them. Yeah, you'll get your price, but you have to go through a due diligence phase which is just brutal in my opinion. So, um, But we got through it and I listed everything about that transaction um, on my last email. And basically why, why I delivered that information is just to help you understand how I got that deal done. Um, guys, you don't need millions of dollars to get these deals done. You just have to be creative enough about them to get them done. So I am sharing everything in our email on Follow the Herd. Um, there's a nice little sheep there <laughs> is the mascot. Um, and basically it's just a, an email that's like just unfollowing the herd, right? Like a contrarian mindset. So just thinking differently about transactions, thinking differently about, you know, how to get these deals done. You know, you can execute these deals without millions of dollars. I've proved it. I'm trying to share that. I'm sharing everyone my journey of like unfollowing the herd. That's what I'm doing each day. I'm just trying to document everything as I'm doing it. My struggles, the the good things that are happening, um, and the bad things. And I think everyone, uh, and I share it in these emails, I share it on these lives, I share it uh, in podcasts. So make sure that you guys are following us. Um, I know it can help a lot of entrepreneurs, people in business. Uh, I'm up in a North Dakota market, so it's a smaller market, uh, uh, you know, more more close niched market than these uh, really big markets out there. But it just shows you the struggles of normal business ownership in these types of markets. I'm up in North Dakota. So um, I kind of share in these deals on like how I 1031 from from selling this real big car dealership that I owned. Um, It wasn't anything I wanted to buy. I don't I don't have any experience in flipping car dealerships. Um, and it was a vacant car dealership, so there was no revenue coming in. So I share in that how I uh, actually um, flipped it to make a profit. It uh, wasn't my intention. I was hoping to lease out the space, but you know what? You have to you, you know, you have to cash out at some point, and if it's lucrative enough, you just have to execute that deal, and that's what happened here. So I 1031 out of the deal into a... Uh, uh, a luxury storage project that I'm going to be building in Fargo. So guys, anyway, go to my LinkedIn profile, find me a link tree. Uh, we'll probably post it below. Jen will do that for me on how you can find that email. Um, and, uh, I share all the details of that, even like literally the closing statements. So complete transparency is what I'm looking for. Um, guys, and if you want to do like, if you're looking to do a storage deal, like my total goal is to own over 2 million square feet of storage space in the next five years. I'm hoping even three years, but like uh, being realistic, like next five years, that's what I want to have. Um, and I need either good partners with me who want to do that as well. Um, so whether it's a capital partner or maybe you have a deal, whatever, um, we can do, we can partner up with you. Or maybe you're just looking to invest in these types of assets. You can also work with us and the investing portion if you know nothing about, if you don't want to be an active partner in the deal. So um, DM me the word invest if you're like a limited guy, uh, limited investor where you don't like want to deal with the operations or DM me the word partner if maybe you have a deal or maybe you want to team up with me on a deal. 
Um, and uh, I can let you all know all about that um, in the DMs. So um, uh, go ahead and leave me a DM when you're able. Um, so, yeah, so this weekend. We have a quick question. Yeah, what's up? Alabama. Yeah. You know what storage it's, um, it's a boring old asset class where, you know, basically these boomers own these things. A lot of them anyway, um, they're getting sucked up pretty fast, but a lot of them don't introduce any technology, you know, um, you know, the, the guy still got to meet you at the storage unit and give you your little lock and sign here, um, where we can introduce some technologies. Of course, everything's advanced way further than that now, trying to build everything into automation. But um, yeah, Ethan, if you want to share it with me, uh, share it in the DMs. Um, that way it'll get pushed into uh, the right uh, area so I find it. And um, But yeah, I'm looking to partner up with people on it. And, uh, and, or if you want to just passively invest in these deals, you let me know. Um, I, I offer both services to, to help, uh, everyone retire in half the time. That's my whole goal here. So, um, um, but lots of, lots of boomers getting rid of these things and I'm willing to suck them up. So if you got storage deals, let me know. Uh, I'll team up with you for sure. Um, Alabama's, you know, I guess the markets that I look into to answer the actual question, uh, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, uh, Idaho, um, parts of Minnesota, just because we're close. Um, I understand those markets well because we're in that proximity. Uh, we like Kansas, um, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, I think is a friendly, investor-friendly state. Uh, you know, I'm going to be biased towards the the places that are uh, investor-friendly because that's where our investors want to go. And that's, I mean, that's where we want to park money, right? So, um, yeah, if you guys have deals, um, I'm not going to limit to nationwide, but I'm going to just say investor friendly States, uh, we're into it. So, um, storage, of course, you don't need a lot of personnel to get that done. Usually a little bit of property management in those markets and you, uh, usually can get the deals done. So, um, but I want to get to, uh, something I was doing this weekend. So, um, I, uh, I'm, I didn't meet this gentleman, but I was introduced to him. I've, I've heard of him a few times through Grant Cardone, um, Ryan Pineda, he was on his podcast. And, um, so, uh, a gentleman called Rob Khalif. So he does, um, he basically does a lot of coaching in the, in the real estate space, but he's got 4,000 doors. Um, you know, he understands he was wiped out. No way. Uh, basically came back pretty resilient from there. Got a bunch of deals done. And uh, knows all about uh, multifamily. So not necessarily storage, but this was all about multifamily just because I always want to keep my game at the top, tippity top. And this was like a $47 course. The problem was it wasn't the money. It was 14 hours of this course. Um, and uh, while a lot of it was mindset is what Rob teaches, um, which I think is the limiting belief for most people. Uh, most people don't believe they can do a million dollar deal because they're not worth a million or they don't have a million, or maybe they're just like, I don't want to go further in debt. Well, you know, <laughs> and he was saying, I was like, yeah, that's probably true. And and some of our, you know, some of my men mentees and students, they're always like, you know, I, I, I just can't do it. I just can't fathom what happens if I, you don't have anything to lose at that point. So it's like, 
that's the time you should be offering the guy with a $3 million property $3.5 million. If he's willing to like finance the deal and it calculates out, like this, the deal can't fail, but if the deal calculates out and they're willing to back you to get this deal done, so in five years they can be bought out for $3.5 million, um, if you have some creative ways to adding value to that property, get the deal done. Like, but the mindset in the beginning is just taking the step. You're only limiting yourself on why you can't get these deals done. I promise you that if you started thinking bigger and once you start thinking bigger, you realize a lot of these small deals take just as much energy, if not more in some cases. And they're very thin, almost where you have to property manage them just to get them to pencil. You have to do all these things for free just to get the deals to pencil. And you'll start, you're obviously not valuing your time because your time is worth something. If you're having to manage three duplexes and you know, you're getting vacancy of 50% for three months at a time. And, and you know, that's pretty much your, probably all your cash flow you would have made. So with that being said, you know, these small deals can take just as much. Is there a weird ringing? Okay. Um, sorry, it was just some feedback from the microphone then. Um, you know, if you're, if you, it's just the, he talked like for three hours about mindset and it's just like thinking small takes a lot of work, it takes just as much work as thinking big. And when you can think a little bigger, think a little further, think a little more uncomfortably, um, you know, you will reap the benefits. You will, you'll be so excited that you've done that faster. By thinking small, it just will limit you on how far your growth can go. So instead of like saying in five years, I'm going to take down 10 units, you know, and these are probably 10 single family homes because that's probably all you understand. You know, say, you know, say in five years, you're going to take down a thousand or a hundred, you know, whatever you think that makes you real, like what really makes you stretch. Because anytime you're doing five or 10 year goals, you should be really stretching yourself because we always, we always can get more done in five or 10 years than we can in one. We always underestimate what we can accomplish in the long-term vision. So use that as motivation for yourself to get bigger deals done. And, and like I said, I'm just preaching what exactly hit three hours of content of this. I was like, holy gosh. And I'm a big thinker myself, but it was like, it was a little overwhelming that most of the course was that. Cause I was like, I just want to know what markets you're looking in, how you're getting these deals done, and what are you looking for today? Because the market's a lot different today than it was even a year ago. So I just that that I wanted the factual information, but it did get me thinking about my mindset again. So I think it's helpful for all of you to understand mindset and just, you know what, thinking a little bit bigger is fine. It's uncomfortable, um, but you know, it does pay off in the long run. And when I started thinking bigger, even going back to Grant Cardone in 2017, I was thinking pretty small. I was just thinking about how to do more jobs as a contractor, try to make some more money. Um, where now I'm like, how do I keep more money? How do I make the most money as possible scaling with people and to leverage my time? And then how do I keep most of my money after I, and, and leveraging some of my money, right? Like you just need to think bigger. And um, since 2017, you know, I basically almost six years ago now, I've, I've been able to 10x my net worth just by plainly simple, just thinking bigger, being out of my comfort zone. It's like, I bought this commercial building we're standing in and I bought it for $1.1 million. Well, that to me, when I only owned homes, 
because my house was my biggest investment. I didn't understand that a house was not an investment and it really isn't. It's a liability and it should not be your biggest investment. Um, it was, took me really out of my comfort zone. I was like, holy, I have to sign on a $800,000 loan or whatever. And I had to have 250,000. I don't remember all the numbers, but you know, you can get a loan for 75, whatever percent of it. And, um, I had to come up with a lot of cash down and I was nervous about it just for good reason. It was out of my comfort zone, but, um, I realized that, you know what, uh, I could creatively get this deal done. I had a good government tenant that was coming with me. Um, there were some securities for me and the buildings were full. I didn't, I could actually reduce the amount of rent I had to pay. So I shifted in that one year from a small mindset to an investor mindset, long-term vision, long-term focus. And my life changed when I was able to change. Uh, I was actually able to refinance that deal three years later and, and basically got all my money plus more tax-free. It's, it's life-changing things. Um, but real estate's a long-term game. When you refinance and you get all this, most of your equity back or even half, it's like, wow. That was uh, that's pretty powerful stuff, and the and the property is still producing cash flow. So, um, but anyway, Rob talked about all these things. You know, the life changing moments, the stories of how his life changed because he was he was into Lamborghinis and everything before the seven, You know, basically in 07, had everything. Ten million dollar house at the time, which would be like forty million nowadays. Talking about waterfalls in his house. Um, Rob did well. And literally went to zero, literally went to sleeping in his car. So I don't know if any of you can imagine that uh, today, you know, it's like, holy, if all these banks fail and all our notes get called, like this would be the worst real estate crisis happening. And it got me thinking, though, um, we ta- he talked about the banks a lot because the banks, uh, it, all these notes got called for this real estate. No one had the cash to just pay them off. Who's got millions of dollars just laying around? Uh, to pay off a financial crisis happening. But we're in a financial crisis right now. And why that's important is because, you know, I just heard like U.S. Bank is like just all of a sudden got into the rumors of like they're in some hardship. I have a Tesla loan with the freaking U.S. Bank. So I, I don't know what happens when a bank goes down and like no one buys their debts because I have a, I think my Tesla loan, I got, you know, it's like 50 grand remaining at two and a half percent. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's one of the very few things that I have debt on, but at two and a half percent, I couldn't not put debt on a liability like a Tesla. So, um, you know, at the time it, it made a lot of sense. So that's why I did borrow a little money on the car. Um, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens to us bank. So <laughs> all the, all the best, but there's some other banks getting in the, in the hurdle already. And what's happening right now? Well, Commercial real estate has been a sector that's now in the visions of all these investors and all these big people, up, uh, all the wealthy people. They're, they're all saying commercial real estate's going to get affected. And it, it is because commercial real estate's a lagging effect. So anytime you're talking about market cycles, uh, real estate always rides about six months behind everything else. So if the stock market tanked, well, stock market, remember, sees 12 to 18 months in, in the future. So if the stock market you know, you get your economic cycles and then you get bottomed out. And then now you get kind of the stock market's been flat or I would say up a little bit from the all-time bottoms it was. So I'd say we're like probably getting to the point where the stock market's probably going to, you know, we're seeing all these 
earnings and these different things happening. But I think once we break through that, I do think the stock market is going to start going up again. Um, you know, that's probably in the next six months or so, maybe Q4. But commercial real estate kind of lags behind that. So as as stocks are going up, you know, real estate's still coming down, still getting corrected, right? Like you hear cap cap rate compression. Basically, uh, cap rates are rising on the downfall, which means valuations of these buildings is dropping. So stocks will be going up, real estate will be going down. And how far it goes down, I don't know. Um, there's such a limited supply, I heard. You know, there's here's the biggest problem about it is that all these good loans were taken in 2021, basically. These bridge loans, all this real estate debt. And $3.1 trillion is now due in 2023. Most of the, so for all these real estate projects, well, the ones that are getting killed right now is office. Office is going to take a bath this year. There's not people renewing their leases. People need less space. They're downsizing. They're finding cheaper alternatives. They don't need the space. Even in my little 12,000 square foot office building here, less people need space. More people come to my space just to downgrade out of their big office, expensive office. So office is about to get killed. And that's likely a majority of this 3 million, maybe half of it, right? Like I don't, I don't know the exact ratio of it, but the interest rate's going to double. So what are you going to have in office? Well, you're going to have vacancy climb. Vacancy's already been climbing. I think in some of the, the big towns like San Francisco, New York, I've heard like 20, 25%. They've never seen rates that high in office. And then all of a sudden you're going to have debt double on them. So their debt's going to go from 3% to six, three and a half, maybe to seven, who knows? And these, they're likely to collapse on these loans. They're going to lose their, the investors will lose their equity in these office buildings because the buildings will not have enough cash flow to cover their freaking debt, new their new debt payment. So watch a lot of banks start owning these buildings or getting foreclosed on. Um, and it's likely to add a lot of the pain to these banks that is lagging yet. It hasn't hit, but likely by the end of 2023, a lot of this office pain is going to hit. Um, so it's not good news, right? Like th this is definitely not good, but what, what is good? Okay. So these are why I love the asset classes that I do. Um, office can be great. It's great because they're long-term tenants, usually five years plus. Um, usually it's very stable. You don't have to chase for payments. Um, but even I have some, uh, some vacancy here that I've not typically seen and I'm up in a small market, Grand Forks, North Dakota. So take this for granted, but this is, I'm in, you know, pretty efficient space. I'll say it's like probably about $13 a square foot triple net. So it's, it's fairly affordable, but there's some vacancy here. And as, as these buildings, these office buildings come on, these banks are going to start foreclosing. It's going to take them down. So I don't know what U.S. Bank owns or if they own a ton of these cheap Tesla loans. Is that why they're going down? Or is it because they did a lot of cheap mortgages? I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're learning a lot about, we're learning a lot about these markets and and things are getting hairy out there. So uh, more or less, that's a transparency. We, well, we talked about that at Rob Cleef's program. We talked about that for a very long time, hours. Um, but that's what's happening as these cap rates rise and the freaking debt payments explode. People are going to lose their equity in office deals. I think that's just plain and simple. So find a lot of opportunities. 
There's not a lot of opportunities with converting these offices into into multifamily. It's difficult to do. Now, it has been done successfully. It's just difficult. Um, but this is another reason, again, why, guys, I was just getting back to I love storage deals and I love multifamily deals. You always need a place to live. Class B multifamily is always a good investment and it's stable. Um, now I, um, and then also I love storage, right? I, I do luxury storage. So I do a little bit higher end storage, which hopefully brings in a better longer term tenant. And that's what's happened. Most of our storage projects, we've had longer term tenants. Not many people have moved out. They enjoy their storage. They enjoy the other tenants. They enjoy the people that are there. Um, less riffraff, less theft, um, just different things that you have at self-storage facilities you have to deal with. Um, it seems like in the luxury storage space that we've had really good luck with it. And now we're entering very good markets. We're entering markets like uh, Fargo, Sioux Falls, Rapid City in, in the Dakotas. Um, also looking at Bozeman, uh, Butte, Montana, uh, some areas in Idaho, and then even Kansas City, maybe Alabama, uh, you know, but just getting used to some of these markets and, and, and putting them in really good markets where where there's an influx of people. So, because uh, as, as people downsize, they got stuff to store. And if they, they don't want their stuff in a bad spot, uh, you know, people pride have a lot of pride in their possessions. So, um, but Let's talk about some positive things since I love multifamily and storage deals. You guys all know that. Um, making sure if you're doing your own deals, like creative financing should be the only way that you're getting deals closed right now. Otherwise, you're going to have to plow 50% cash and borrow 50%. Like there's so many deals not penciling right now. It's crazy because you're getting these cap rates rise and you're getting debt more expensive. You, you want to make some money on these properties, you're going to have to reduce the loan to value. You're going to have to put more cash in. So to reduce some of that, if you don't have the money, figure out the solution to the seller. Maybe they want a certain price. Uh, maybe they want certain terms because they don't want to get taxed. You know, when they exit these properties, they get taxed hard. Um, you know, try to solve the, the seller's problems. And um, guys, I want to just, again... Subscribe to Unfollow the Herd. I tell you how I do deals, how I structure them, how I solve sellers' problems. You again, even follow me on YouTube. I'm literally documenting how I'm doing these deals, how I'm adding value to the properties, how I'm getting the deals financed. Um, and then I also have uh, a coaching that I'm starting to offer. And I, I never thought of being a coach or a mentor, but I get so many people that ask me questions, want to work with me, want to do a deal. Um, and I have a limited amount of space for doing a little bit of one-on-one mentoring. I don't want to do a ton of this. Um, but, uh, for the, the go-getters, the people are motivated to get stuff done. If you want an accountability coach, I will be a coach for you to make sure you can increase, you know, get more done in shorter amounts of time. I pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of mentors each year. And I'm proud to say that I've excelled my life much faster than most. And I always, it's always you know, to my mentors, that's, that's who've accomplished it for me. So, um, but I'm also going to be offering a lower ticket, like group coaching session so we can get real estate deals done. Um, maybe it's in the Midwest, maybe it's in the South. I don't really care. All I see, all I want to see is that you guys succeed, um, have some cash flow and have some real estate in your portfolio. So one day you're retiring, uh, a lot sooner than 59 and a half. Um, 
So guys, hopefully you find this helpful. If you have, ask a question. That was kind of a lot of information. Um, I'm still kind of getting back on task this week as I missed last week. Uh, I was getting some new hair uh, inserted, which uh, I'm, I'm fair to share. So if you, any guys out there thinning, I, uh, DM me the word thinning and I'll help you. Uh, I'll set you up with hopefully an affiliate link from Bosley. Um, um, but next week, I'm going to talk about branding, why it's important. What am I doing? You guys see me doing a lot of this stuff. Is it working? How much money am I actually spending every month? It's And, and like, is it actually working? Why are you doing it? Uh, so I'm going to be talking about that next week. So if you guys want to see why I'm doing branding, why it's important, um, follow us next week, Monday at noon. Uh, I'll see you guys then. Peace.